Hello, this is Jay Denson, and welcome to another episode of Fit Health Well. Um, as many of you know, I moved to Canada, and I, you know, I met a lot of amazing people since I've been out here. And um, this is a, a part two conversation of, um, I, you know, I want to describe it. Um, um, you know, when I spoke to uh, Garrison Red, you know, we 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 put throw the term around disability and things like that. But I like able. Uh, with limitations, right? Because, you know, a lot of these people, and I got a coin garrison red on that, that was pretty dope that he came up with. Um, you know, they are able, right? It's just like they may be limited in some capacity. Um, so, you know, I, I, I was really feeling that actually when I first heard it. Um, and we want to get this thing trending. Um, you know, again, I know the norm term is disability. Um, but, you know, what I love about telling these stories and giving these highlights is that, you know, it serves as a source of motivation. And, and you know, even if you are disabled or, or, you know, you're out there living your life, and I don't care what kind of activity you're doing, whether you're powerlifting, you rock climbing, um, you're playing sports, you know, you serve as a source of motivation. And I just wanted to keep that conversation going and going into my next episode. And this gentleman here, man, is really, really super cool dude. Um, you know, I met him through my wife's friend, and, and me and him clicked immediately um, when I met him. And um, he's an athlete uh, for Wheelchair Canada. Um, and then in addition to that, he was elected to the Olympic team, the Olympic uh, Canadian team. And he was scheduled to participate in the Para Pan Am Games in Peru this year. But, you know, we're going to get um, a little update on that because we know COVID threw a, a wrench in a lot of people's plans. <laughs> but, um, you know, this, this brother's pretty dope. Uh, he plays basketball. Uh, we had many conversations about, about that as well. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Dion Nathaniel Green. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Jay. I'm great. I'm great. Glad to be here. Thank you. I'm glad to have you, man. So, um, you know, before we get into everything, just in terms of the athletic part of it, because, you know, you, you, t you truly are an athlete, um, just give everybody a little background um, about your story and, and, and what you've been up to um, and what led you up to this point. Um. So I got into uh, wheelchair basketball when I was 10, just uh, kind of randomly. Like I played uh, stand-up with my friends and uh, was really enjoying doing that. But uh, as time goes on, they, they all got taller and unfortunately I did not. <laughs> so I, needed, I wanted to find a way to still uh, have fun and be competitive. And just through word of my mouth, my, uh, my dad heard that they were uh, holding practices in Richmond either in the same facility or near the same facility that the Vancouver Grizzlies used to practice in. So uh, we just went out there the one week and checked it out. And I saw that, I saw that right away and I've been in love ever since. It's been what I've been doing. Nice. That's dope. Now in terms of your, of your disability, um, what was the nature of that? Right. Because our listeners and when they listened to the last episode, I know specifically with Garrison Red's um, incident, yeah. he was shot, unfortunately, which, which led him to be paralyzed. Um, but, but, you know, what was your situation and, and how did you learn to live with it? Uh, so I'm a, con so I'm a congenital amputee, which means I was born with a, with a disability, pretty much. I was born with, uh, uh, my tibia bones missing, which is like the fatter, the thicker of the two shin bones. So, uh, had, a, had that and had some other health issues. So the doctors, you know, took my parents aside and they gave them two options. You can amputate, you can amputate or he could live his life in a wheelchair. And they took their time and they made the decision to amputate. So when I was four and a half months, I had the lower half of both my legs amputated. And 
just been kind of doing my thing since then. It's all I really, it's all I know. I didn't, compared to people like Gareth or anyone else, I didn't lose anything. I didn't know, I've never known anything else. So, like. And that's an interesting, that, the, yeah, definitely. That's an interest, interesting perspective, really, just because, like, it's all you knew and you, you knew how to live with it, right? In terms yeah. of a contrast of someone that, you know, they had their legs and then they lost it and they kind of had to, like, readjust to it. Um, yeah. But in terms of comparison, like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you, you knew how to deal with this. Did you ever feel limited in your life at any point? Like, you know, whether your friends and families in terms of what they were doing or it was just status quo for you? Uh, so I, I did everything that everybody else did. But there were there were sometimes there were small things that like people don't think about, like uh, like we all go to the movies and for the first five rows there's a railing and for the last 15 rows there's no railing when i would wear my prosthetics i can't get up those last 15 rows mm. so it's just like small completely random things like that and like there are there are big things like i can't like i don't know i might not be able to rock climb as effectively or i might not be able to do something as effectively but i still do them absolutely now now i want to definitely get into the uh, athletics part because like you said you was introduced to basketball at the age of 10 and that's 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 pretty dope um you know, walk us through that. Like, you know, what was that like just transitioning into when you first started playing, um, you know, up until your adulthood when you started, you know, making a Canadian team? Yeah. Well, it was nice. Like, like playing with my friends, nobody ever treated me like I was the disabled kid. But, like, it's just something that kind of, like, goes on without, like, without being said. Like, everybody knows it, but no one talks about it. So when I found wheelchair basketball, it was, it was sort of the opposite. Like, like we all talk about being disabled, like not like, I don't know, like a sense of pride almost like we all have a disability. We're all on the equal playing field here. So it really comes down to who wants it more, who's going to work harder, who has some of that natural born talent um, compared to when I was playing with my friends where it was like they can just physically run faster than I can. There's nothing I'm ever going to be able to do about that. So it was nice to be put on a even playing field and to feel almost more comfortable with your peers, I guess. And I guess it was more of an even playing field, exactly like you said, when you, when you were playing with, with, with your peers, um, or people that shared, you know, the same disabilities you did. Um, but I think it's amazing too, even when you were playing, you know, in the park, um, you know, with your other friends, like yeah. for them to welcome you, right? Like you show up in the pickup game and of course, like you can't run up or down a court, but I'm pretty sure you can shoot and do things like that. Um, my yeah. question to you, and I just have to ask this, did they let up or did they play you like you was a regular person on the court? It, de- it depended. It depended. Like if I, uh, if I hit a couple threes in their face or something, they might try to push out on me a little harder. But I, I'm, I'm so short that like, like Muzzy Balls almost, like how, like how are my six foot friends going to get the ball from me when it is two feet off the ground? You know, and uh, exactly. And one was really big when when I was a kid, when we were kids and stuff. So you know, I'm putting the ball in the shirt and spinning it around and dribbling it one time behind them and faking left and having them spinning around and stuff because I'm just they're they're having to look down to do everything. So, and so and in terms of your game, right? Because I would I would imagine like just to prevent them from blocking your shot, maybe you had to adjust and, and shoot it at an arc. Um, yeah. Where like was where where what were the benefits from it, right? Like, did you get any good benefits from it that was able to transition into um you know the wheelchair athletics? I wouldn't say any benefits, but just like being out there and like having like a basic basketball IQ and getting touches on the ball and knowing like 
knowing how to like how to change those angles and how to rate the uh, gauge distances and stuff like that definitely uh transitioned into wheelchair basketball um but uh i wouldn't really say that much of much of the two are, are the same like the rules are the same and i guess uh like the shooting's different like you, in one you're jumping and one you're sitting um yeah and yeah, and then now that you speak to that, because that's actually a, a really good point and a question, because you know I'm I'm ignorant in that area. How, what is the, what is the breakdown in terms of wheelchair bat? Like, is it four quarters? Do you guys do four quarter, twelve minute quarters? Oh, yeah. okay. Is it the same thing? Or? I'll break it down. No, so we vary a little bit. So we play a so we play a FIBA size court, not a NBA court. So uh, like the three point line is maybe a foot closer than the NBA. It's all the same FIBA. I'm not sure about the dimensions, but it's the FIBA court. And then we play 10-foot hoop, four quarters. Uh, they're not 12 minutes. They're 10 minutes each. You get a halftime. Um, you know, you play still play three in the key. There's no double dribble, but there is traveling. So you get two pushes instead of two steps. So you can, you can put the ball in your lap, and you can push with two hands. You could push, say, with just one wheel with your left hand, which would be a push. You could go the second one with your right. You could go backwards for one push, like any kind of variation of that. Um, let me think of any other rules we got. Like I said, there's no double dribble. Uh, I think all, everything else is pretty much the same. Like there's still, you still can draw charges, uh, still still uh, blocking fouls. There's still shooting fouls, like all that, all that stuff. And in terms of like, in terms of engagement, like, like, and this is, I'd have to ask you this prior to COVID, you know, what, uh, in, were people into it? Like, you know, did it draw crowds and things like that? Yeah, it's the highest, it's the highest watch Paralympic sport at the Paralympics. Oh, nice. Now, like, now so, yeah, go ahead. Like, what were you saying? It's like wheelchair basketball and wheelchair rugby and like one, and like one other thing, I think. But wheelchair basketball is usually right up there. Like uh, the, t- the tickets for all the games were sold out, like a few months before the Olympics was supposed to even happen. That's amazing. And hopefully, man, like once this COVID thing gets into control, man, we can kind of get back to sports uh, a little the way we used to remember it right now. Yeah. You know, as you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you being a basketball head like myself, uh, we got the whole virtual fan thing going on here. Yeah. Stuff <laughs> like that. Right. So. All right. So there's two things that I want to get into. Um, walk me, th- walk us through pretty much you making um, the Canadian team and then also transition transitioning to the Canadian Paralympics. And how did that come about? Um, so you kind of just like, you start, you start local. Like I started, I was playing in BC. Um, uh, you kind of get like, I got scouted for like the kind of junior provincial team. And I started playing on that, going on, going to tournaments. And then I got my chance to be with like the senior provincial team. And I went to a, a couple nationals with the guys and, uh, it's like all like just a bunch of veteran players, like guys who either played in BC forever or played in, like for Team Canada, they have gold medals from Paralympics and other things. So it's just like the experience I was getting was unbelievable. So I, I'm at the provincial level, and then uh, you kind of just get put on a on a radar, really, because like there's not the same pool of athletes as there is in able body sports. So you kind of like even from almost immediately when you start, you're kind of just thrown in this uh, in this pool of athletes that has potential for later on. So I got a I got my first invite to our me, uh, men's tryout slash camp would have been um 2000 2014 and uh, that was back when we had tryouts in vegas that was a lot of fun <laughs> and uh we just uh tried out for the team um i think the first year i was an alternate and then my first year on like officially on the squad was 
2015 when we went to we had Toronto Pan Am Games in Toronto, and then um, uh, had to train had to train pretty hard that year 2016 because it was my uh, it was a Paralympic year, but it was also my first Paralympics, so I was like trying to look like I belonged. (laughs) uh, It was a real grind. Like uh, trained like a trained like a job, like Monday to Friday. We had two on-court sessions lifting three times a week mental performance workshops nutrition workshops uh all kinds of stuff like that and then finally uh in january 2016 there would have been a week of tryouts and did that tryout you get your meetings at the end and coach told me i'd been selected to the team nice it, actually it might not have been january it might have been later in the year but it was it was sometime kind of earlier in 2016 and yeah, so got selected and we just kept grinding it out the rest of that summer, doing our traveling and our uh, kind of warm-up tournaments. And then we went to the Paralympics and it was uh, it was kind of a letdown performance-wise. We didn't do very well, but the overall experience and uh, like the camaraderie you get from your team, from your boys, like the, like the squad and just all that, like it can't be rivaled. It can't be replaced. Like it, it was just amazing. Nice. Now, with this being Fit Health Well, and, you know, this is a health and wellness brand and podcast, um, you spoke a little bit about, you know, training, right, Um, in terms of nutrition and things like that. If it's someone listening to this um, and, you know, they're like in their their wheelchair and they'd like to be an athlete, um, walk us through, like, what's what's your your training like, like lifting and and, and what are you eating when you are training for these Mm -hmm. Olympic Games? Okay, so it it would vary a little bit, disability to disability, because... as an amputee, I can move, I can move around and, uh, that would help you shed some of the, like help shed some of the weight, sort of like an, like an AD would. So somebody with a spinal cord injury that's sitting in a chair might have a harder time to shed it. But, uh, I would say that we're pretty much all doing the same things that, uh, like an AD athlete would be doing. You just, you watch, you watch what you eat. You try to prepare your own meals. You, uh, you're making sure you're getting that necessary exercise. And if like you're a high level athlete, it's not just that simple exercise if you want to have your training scheduled down like uh down so you know what you're doing each day you're making sure you're hitting those certain goals uh you're talking to the nutritionist like maybe you need to to take something out or maybe you need to up something that you didn't even know about um you're getting we do um a blood test at the beginning of each season so you check all your vitamins and all that stuff so like the doc and the therapist can tell you if you need some sort of supplements or any sort of thing like that so i guess uh a shortened answer to all that would be sort of the same way that any other athlete would be doing it. You just uh, monitor what you're putting into your body and making sure that you're getting the greatest output. Absolutely. And then in terms of the actual game um, and, and things like that, like what is some of your practice drills? Like, like you guys taking jump shots or like, you know, how's that stuff working out too? Uh, so it would, uh, I guess I could kind of re- like walk you through like a week. So like say come in and it's a Monday and on Monday, we're going to work on um, uh, three-on-three. So coach will break us up into three-on-three teams, and we'll do any sort of three-on-three drills. So let's say there's a, a picking drill. Um, I guess, how do how would I – so in stand-up basketball, they run a, lot of, run a lot of screens. Buddy just stands there. They try to rub the defender off. That's what we call a, a pick-and-roll pretty much in wheelchair basketball. So the person on offense would have the ball. There's a defender. Your teammate would come up and – screen or pick off that defender and then you attack but because it's not because it's wheelchairs and you're taking up a lot of space 
when you come off of that pick and roll, you, you come off in, in a numbers advantage because that person you picked out is like full on out. They can't just move laterally and like slide back in and chase you. So um, you'd run maybe a picking drill like that, or you could run a three on three, what we call shadow. So three start three line up on the baseline and say you would go from uh, your boundary would be baseline to the middle of the court and you would go all the way down the court and like kind of a skinny um, lane like that. So three people on the baseline, three people just inside the baseline and the three people on the on offense have to make it to the other end of the court. So the people, people on defense, you just simple, try to keep those three players from making it to the other end. You do that, like the, the one team gets all the way to the end, you switch and you go back and you run that, you run that back and forth until coach calls switch and you switch teams or you switch to a different drill. Um, to be some variation on shooting, like all the shooting drills would pretty much be the same with the exception of like jumping. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're like, you're post, you're, you're squared up, someone's closing on you or uh, you're doing like a, a shot, a shot fake dribble, two, two dribble resets. You're putting the ball down, you're going left, you're going right. Then you're taking your shot or you were doing um, like start at the three point line and uh, you have two minutes to hit 20 layups left and right. So you go in on your right, you take it, you get a point. If you hit it, you don't get a point. If you don't hit it, you go back to the three-point line. One wheel touches that. You come in, you take a left layup, do that for two minutes. If you hit 20, just all kinds of variations. On and, it's like free, and free throws as, as well as included in the game, right? In terms oh, yeah. Of, oh, that's yeah. all the same. Okay. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and t- in 2015, I saw you, uh, you know, showing some bling bling. You had a medal. What, what was that medal for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got, uh, we got silver in uh toronto and in peru this past summer actually as well nice um, yeah so now speaking of yeah speaking of that um you know that so did you go to peru or like what happened because i know covid shut a lot of things down yeah so so we went to peru like i didn't like uh we went to peru last summer and then we went to uh like covid was just kind of like starting to really make the news and then we went to japan in um like november or december or something and we missed the we got super lucky we missed the cutoff by like three days like if we would have came back three days later we would have had to self-quarantine for like two weeks and all this stuff but uh yeah i'm like what's the date today i'm probably supposed originally supposed to be somewhere yeah. playing basketball right now yeah <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it got postponed for the summer until next summer so okay so that's pretty much the climate right is i, I would assume everything has been pushed to, to 2021 yeah, um, at least a big event. I don't know about like all the leading up. Like we were supposed to have a tur- uh, summer full of tournaments. Uh, the I think we we're going to Spain, or Spain was coming here. Australia was coming here. We were going to Italy or Colorado, some, like just a bunch of places before um, Tokyo. But all that got shut down. And I don't know if they're gonna reopen those tournaments next summer or not, or if it's just gonna be kind of train on your own. Everybody go to the tournament, you know, stay safe, and then leave. Oh, definitely. Well, I, I know everything is, you know, being pushed back, like we just discussed and things like that. But is it anything that you got coming up? Or is it any community based events? Or, you know, anything's in terms of awareness in terms of the sport? Like what, what's on tap, at least for the rest of 2019, if anything? Uh, we just got, uh, we just got back to training. Like, um, I'm about to have my first day back on Tuesday. So, nice. so pretty much just that, um, just reintegrating kind of trying to get my body back into proper basketball form and then, yeah. um, and then um, slowly get back into like full squad training. Cause right now they just pretty much broke all the courts up into uh, 
single, like you get a quarter of a court and a hoop and you just shoot by yourself, do whatever drills you want by yourself. Like you can't do any um, team drills or anything because we're still supposed to be social distancing. So um, pretty much just slowly working back into actually being able to uh, practice as a squad and stuff. Nice. And if there's anybody, uh, you know, this is definitely the most important part of the show. And I'm just, you know, I like to do these little recaps of, of the conversation just because I feel like they're important, you know, for our listeners. And you, I, again, I definitely wanted to have um, Dion on today because, you know, I myself, I just learned about the sport of wheelchair basketball, right? Like even the rules and things like that. So, you know, you definitely gave us a breakdown, which which was very, very important. And thank you for that. Um, and in terms of, you know, just the proper conditioning, um, and, 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 you know, just what you have to do and, and, and what's different. And um, what I was delighted to hear about is, you know, it, it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't feel, and me knowing you personally, um, it doesn't even feel like, you, you know, you're limited at all. And, and, and even when we hang out and we chill, like, I don't see a disability. I see a person. And I think in society, um, that's what we, we need to do better at, right? Like, um, yeah. I don't I don't look at things like that, man. It's like, even right now, if you're like, yo, Jay, let's go play some ball. And you know I'm an active person. I'd be like, all right, cool. <laughs> you pick out the court, let's go. You know, yeah. you, you see me in the park when I was running every day, uh, doing 300 mm-hmm. miles for the summer. So, um, you know, I loved, I love your spirit. And, you know, although it was something that you were born with, um, you know, you didn't let that limit you. So I think that's dope. Um, but, you know, I do want to leave on a message. And with that message being is it could be some young kid out there right now, right, struggling with, with their disability. And, and maybe yeah. they love sports and they don't know how to approach it. You know, what would you say to them? Um, I would say just just go for it. Like uh, try to try to get into contact with um, any wheelchair sports organization in in either your city or the closest organize or the closest city to you with a wheelchair sports association or organization of any sort um and just just go check it out like even if you're even if you don't want to go all in that first time like just just really go give it a look talk to some people uh feel out the environment like kind of like i touched on in the beginning sometimes when you uh when you're disabled or you become disabled you kind of feel like that outlier like that outsider um but it, it's, it's really comfortable to be with, uh, like for lack of a better term, like with your own people, you know, exactly. It, it, it helps take some of that, that nervousness off or that stress off. And, uh, it, it'll help. It, uh, it, uh, it just, even if you don't want to play competitively, it really helps just to be active and to lift your spirits and to have fun. I hear you. And now, you know, again, I had this conversation too. Um, I know the States is making good strides in this. You know, there may be a corporation um, or it may be the government and things like that because the climate could be different in Canada or even globally as you travel, um, you know, just based off of your prior inconveniences and experiences, you know, what can um, the public do just in terms of accommodations can, can, can be done better? You know, you know what I mean? Like, I know, like, there's ramps and there's things like that, but but there may be something that you see in your everyday life that's not being addressed. Um, is it anything that you've noticed that, that you, know, you know, businesses or, or even just society can help in terms of accommodations? Something that me and my teammates joke about a lot is uh, we always joke that whoever's setting up the, like, um, auto push buttons for doors places does, does not have a disability. Because they're never in convenient places. You either they're either way off to the side or the or the door. You got to get really close to the door, and the door opens up. So you got to get out of the way, 
it's always something weird. We always joke about those. So whoever's in charge of that, I think they should get a disabled consultant to help them. There we go. I like that. So exactly. And um, definitely, I would say, too, we got all these diversity groups um, just in general. And I know racially we have we have a lot of diversity groups. But, yeah, we need to start consulting with um, people that have, you know, disabilities or, you know, at least have them on the panel to address these. So, again, if you listen to that, uh, that's definitely one takeaway. And that's something that's an initiative that, you know, I definitely want to um, make sure that that's being communicated. So, um, you know, again, uh, thank you so much, Dion, for being on here today. Um, I really appreciate it. You gave us a lot of insight just in terms of, you know, wheelchair basketball, which I think is pretty dope. Um, and, and just you, you know, I don't even think personally, it's not even an inconvenience for you. You've learned how to live with it, <laughs> right? It's pretty dope. And, um, you know, again, like I said, I wanted to, you know, we spoke to the uh, fitness aspect of it, which is, which is great. Um, you know, there's also a wellness uh, aspect of it and uh, the mental wellness part of it is, you know, again, like I said, somebody may bump into this podcast by accident um, and may be dealing with depression from it. And, and I always, you know, want to acknowledge that and make sure that I have some type of outlet um, for someone to listen to, to draw a sense of inspiration. So Dion, thank you so much for coming on today. And, uh, you know, finally, before we get out of here, um, if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram, how can they follow you? Uh, my at is D-N-G-Y-Y-J. Definitely. And do you, are your games, are they streamed or anything as well for people to watch? Or uh, Yeah, yeah. You could probably, uh, if you looked up Wheelchair Basketball Canada on Facebook, there might be some old uh, logged in games. Um, but if you really wanted to just like watch Wheelchair Basketball, you could uh, look it up on YouTube or search uh, International Wheelchair Basketball Federation on Facebook, and they should have a catalog of old games. And you can watch any country, any game. There's some really good gold medal games out there. Awesome. So there you go. If you definitely want to educate yourself or you kind of want to get into um, the just know a little bit more about wheelchair basketball, definitely use those resources. And then just to keep tabs on him, you know, 2020, I'm pretty sure he's going to be very active. We'll have his Instagram posted up. So make sure you follow him on Instagram. But again, Dion, thank you so much for being on today, man. It was definitely uh, delightful to have you and insightful to get that information from you. And I really, really appreciate it, man. Oh, I love being on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. And if I can ever do anything for you just in terms of promoting any initiatives you have or any games or things like that, you know, I got you 100%. And again, I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. Each and every week, as you guys know, every Friday I have a brand new episode um, with a professional or someone with an amazing story. Or if I have to do a recap on something, I will do a recap, but I will be sure to bring you new content every Friday. And again, if you'd like to reach out to us and you would like to either be on the show or just chit chat, you can send us an email at fithealthwell at gmail.com. And again, the central hub for anything related to Fit Health Well is the website, fithealthwell.com. And then again, if you'd like to follow us, make sure you follow us on Instagram, FitHealthWell. You'd like to check us out on Facebook, FitHealthWell. We're keeping it real consistent here. We are trying to grow Twitter as well, and it is FitHealthWellCA. Okay, so thank you guys very much. Another great episode, and I love you guys for listening and subscribing. Please make sure you subscribe, you like, you share. It helps us grow. It helps me continue to bring you professionals and amazing stories. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love you. Thank you.